0: We're running back the Boombox Classic. is Jackson State versus Southern 2, but this time for the SWAC championship. Oh, yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on family, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU podcast, your number one, daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On podcast, network your team every day. And now of course, Sam Darian Gray, aka the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor, thank you for going on this journey with me making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And of course... The mic will cut off, but your journey does not stop there. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at South The Exclusives. Please do not forget the S at the end. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. They have you covered this season with more odds, props, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. And this is a major matchup. This is the second time that Southern and Jackson State have faced off and Jackson State dominated that game. However, this is the championship game. Southern earned their way there and then refused to sandbag and just act as if they are not credible threats. Yes, Jackson State won big, but we still have to sit there and not just act like it's a foregone conclusion, of course. But I like that they faced off before because now I get to use things from the last time they faced off and bring it into our matchups, our storylines, our key to victory. I love this. It's not really going to play a part into the key to victory, but the first game versus Jackson State and Southern – is going to play a part in our storylines and matchups. So let's get it going, right? Let's get it going. Let's get it going. Let's get it going. First and foremost, I told you guys, I have a rule. If there's a star quarterback and he's a part of the matchups, he is going to kick it off. And it's Shador Sanders versus the Southern Pass defense. This is the one and only storyline, excuse me, matchup that I decided to run back from the first time these two teams faced off. I thought it'd be lazy to just bring back everything. Like that's, that's, Nah, that's not creative enough. Right. But this this matchup was interesting because back in October, when these two teams squared off, we decided to talk strictly about the turnover aspect. Southern was forcing a lot of interceptions uh, at the time. Shador had, I think, an interception in two or three games in a row. He's only had one interception since in none in this game versus Southern the first time. But why am I running this back? It's not about turnovers. This is a holistic view of what the passing game is going to look like. To me, this could be a Shador Sanders revenge game. And I know you may be questioning, how? How is this a revenge game when they won 35 to nothing? And I'm going to tell you why. Because, yes, Jackson State had a lot of success. And, yes, actually, Shador had three touchdowns in that game. Two were on the ground, and he had one of his bigger highlight moments, which was a touchdown run versus Southern. Yes, I know all of those things happen. However, I do believe there is a lot of pride in Shador's ability to slang the rock. Not just running. That surprised people. Two of his three touchdowns were on the ground. And I believe, this is just me, this is just a personal thing. I don't have any inside information telling me this. But I believe that Shador Sanders is probably rubbed the wrong way that Southern was able to keep him under 200 yards, one of only two teams who was able to keep him under 200 yards passing. So I believe he's going to try to get a little bit of a get back, even if it's small, even if it's just personal. Man, I was talking to a friend of mine about how Michael Jordan once lied to the media that somebody was talking trash to him just to motivate himself. It's psychotic, but the things that athletes will do to motivate themselves has no bounds and I don't even think this is crazy motivation this makes sense in an, in a way you could say the Southern got the best of them on the aspect of throwing not running on that aspect if you really look at the whole game I think Shadour had a solid game but I'm sure he won the pass for at least 200 yards right like to me I think that at least 200 yards is what he was looking for. And I think he'll try to get that back in this game. So that's what I'm looking for. And that's why I have this as the first matchup. I just think it's kind of a, re- a revenge game, a personal revenge game for Shador Sanders. My second matchup is Carl Ligon versus Sevian Wilkerson. And the reason this is a matchup is something that I said yesterday. I don't know if Southern can win this game if they don't win the running battle. And I don't even think that Legon is going to be the main guy. Typically, when Southern comes up, and they've had a lot of games of the week, we talk about their running game, and we kind of spread it out to the triumvirate of runners that they have, whether that's Bishan McCray, whether that's Carly Gunn, who we are talking about right now, or if it's Gerard Sims. I like to talk about all three because they are the three-headed monster that makes up the running game of Southern. And we'll have more to say about McCray, McCray later Sims has been injured, and even if he comes back in most games, Ligon is actually the guy who has the most carries and also has the most yards since conference play has started. The reason that I think Ligon is important is because he has to be a good complement to McCray. McCray will likely be the leading rusher. He'll have a lot of attempts. They just like running from that quarterback position. Hey, even when McCray was out for the majority of the Mississippi Valley State game, the backup quarterback was the leading rusher. So, I just need LeGon to average more than the 3.9 yards per carry he had in the first game. He just needs to do better than that. Maybe get in the 4 range, in the 4.5 range, and we'll be happy because if he can be an effective runner, then the running game with Southern will only be amplified. And it's if he's running well, he'll either be the leading rusher because that means McCray isn't doing well, or the running game is just doing really good. So that's how I look at it. While Stevan Wilkerson, he was the leading rusher amongst all runners in that first game. He had 96 yards, and at that time it felt like kind of a downspurt spurt because he had 100 yards the week before, he had 200 yards the week after. So he was really hot at that time. And we'll see if Southern has a blueprint to stop him, but I just think this matchup is really important because you're not going to succeed, in my opinion, if you're Southern, if you're getting outrushed by Jackson State. So that's what you have to look at. and It's not like guy can't run the ball. I'm just asking for four in the fours. Just give me in the fours. He was at 3.9. Wilkinson was at around, I think, 4.6 at that time. You want to probably win the per carry battle. That battle can be really important. It could be a real decision maker in this game's uh, ending. And it's not our key to victory because there's something else that I think is even bigger. But that is definitely something to watch out for and something that could dictate. I'll say this southern could win this battle and still not win but if they don't win this battle i i just don't see them winning that's how important it is to me now the last thing is something that's a little bit more unique and this is something that i did want to touch on and i don't think a lot of people are going to talk about this jackson state versus the noise see Some won't talk about it because they probably just assume Deion Sanders will have them right. But here's the thing about matchups is you already know who you think is going to win the matchup when you say it. But you just highlight the matchups that are important. So it's not me saying, oh, the noise is about to take out Jackson State. But here's the truth of the matter. Deion Sanders has been connected to multiple programs this week. The chatter has been loud. We heard it. So you know that they've heard it. It's just that simple. And some are going to be able to block it out. Like, I don't think seniors are really going to be bothered because they're going to be leaving anyway. But some of the younger guys, that might affect their psyche. And it's going to be directly on Deion Sanders to be able to make sure that they are ready for war immediately. I do believe that if you get into the second quarter, it, you know, those things go away. However, you don't want to come out flat or come out distracted. While you might not think that Jackson State will be distracted by these, these rumors and the stories, I think it's pretty hard to deny that this could be a distraction, right? It has distraction potential. Whether you think it'll actually be distractions to that team or not, that's on you. I'm just here to highlight the matchups and see who's going to win. Because if they come out flat, it's probably because, you know, things have been going on. I think Dion's going to have them right. But it would be definitely something to watch out for. But y'all, speaking of watching out for something, we got to talk about our storylines because Bashan McCray... I'm looking at you. Will you rise to the occasion? That's going to be our number one storyline going into this game before I get into that in detail. How about we talk about our sponsor of the day? Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Look at this beautiful graphic down below. It looks nice. I love it every time that I'm able to see it. But Bet Online has you covered for all of the sports, whether that was Thursday night football with the Bills versus the Patriots, whether that's the World Cup, whether that's the NBA. There are so many things you can dive into. It's championship weekend, so you're going to have a bunch of Power 5 schools that you can bet on as well. The SWAC is not the only conference that is having a championship game. Georgia versus LSU. Right. You have, ooh, it's Michigan versus I can't remember who they're going against. Right. But you have all of these games that are going on and there's only one place to put your money down on it with. And that's Bet Online. The most versatile of them all. The fastest and the easiest, Bet Online, where the game starts. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. And for your second listen of the day, don't even change apps because you can get this wherever you listen to your podcast. Yes, I'm talking about Locked on Sports Today with Peter Bukowski, bringing on the local experts to break down the biggest national stories. And I'm honored to say on yesterday's episode, I was one of those local experts. Experts talking about Deion Sanders, the head coach of Jackson State, in this very game. So go ahead and check out Locked On Sports today and go ahead and rerun tomorrow or yesterday's episode if you did not catch me. But let's get into our storylines. Oh, excuse me. I almost forgot to do the word of the day. Today's word of the day is sandbag, and it means to criticize or treat unfairly. And that's not what we are going to do to Southern. We're going to make sure that they are treated as a credible. Threat, And I want to get into our storylines. The number one story that I'm storyline that I'm looking to is can Bashan McCray rise to the occasion? I was having a conversation with somebody and we were talking about this game and just how it's kind of looked at as a foregone conclusion that Jackson State's going to win. And then we started talking about the Southern offense in both of these stories and both of these conversations kind of just went back to Bashan McCray. And the thing about McCray is the guy I was talking to said his Southern wins. It won't be because of McCray. That got me thinking. I, I immediately said, man, that's kind of harsh. But he doubled down. I thought about it. And I said, I don't know if they can win if it's not with McRae. He might not be the driving force, but he has to be one of them. He has to be in the car. He can't be chasing after the car, right? He can't be in the in, in a third row of the SUV, he has to be either driving or passenger. I think he has to be a big part of this win. His success has to be prevalent and very obvious if Southern's going to win. He's going to have to have some big-time moments. So that's just what I think, right? To me, I think that if it's a defensive battle, that means you still have to make a play. If it's a shootout, that means you have to be able to consistently put up points. And the level of importance that is placed on the offense is going to go back to him. But then it becomes the second thing. Can he rise to the occasion? Like he needs to, but can he rise to the occasion? Some players are just better in big time moments. Some some players just know how to rise to the occasion. In the HBCU landscape, I thought that davius Richard did a good job rising to the occasion more than he didn't. Of course, he had some slips, but I thought he did do a good job. And it's not just exclusive to HBCUs. This is prevalent In all sports, some players are clutch players. Some players are meant for big moments, and some aren't. What does history say about Bishon McCray? Does it say that McCray can rise to the occasion? Luckily, in his first year at Southern, we've seen a lot of big-time games. I've seen a lot of games in which I say he needed to rise to the occasion. So let's see, did he? I think they had six matchups that were big-time games. Texas Southern, Jackson State famu grambling all and prairie view that's six games what did he do in those matchups how many of those did he rise to the occasion and i can only come up with one i would love to know what you think but i can only come up with one prairie view against prairie view he was baller two touchdowns through the air two touchdowns on the ground he was doing his thing but you look at the rest of the games he rise against texas southern three interceptions he didn't rise against Jackson State. Now, granted, that's the best defense. A lot of people aren't rising against Jackson State. However, we're talking about big-time games. I can't just say, well, that's a good defense. I have to list it. He didn't rise against those teams. I don't think he really rose against FAMU. I don't. You know, he had a lot of yards on the ground, but that passing game just did not get activated. We have to hold that against him, especially when you lose. Expect For me, quarterbacks, I like passing first. That's just me. And when you win, you can overlook when it isn't the best stat, but when you lose and you're trying to come back and you don't have great passing stats, it is something that you have to think about. So that's three games to me. Grambling, they had flashes. They had flashes against Grambling. Yeah, They had a couple of drives where the offense got going and he decided to run and he had a couple of passes. But for the most part, that offense was not good against Grambling in the Bayou Classic. It it genuinely wasn't. They won because of the fourth quarter dominance of their defense. If it was up to their offense, I think they would have lost that game. If their defense did not come out and have five sacks, two touchdowns, three turnovers forced in the last 15 minutes, we might be sitting here talking about Prairie View versus Jackson State for the second time in a row in the SWAC championship. That's what we might be talking about, but it's okay. He didn't rise in that game. That's four games out of the six that he just did not rise to the occasion, in my opinion. And the only one that's on the fence is that Alcorn game. Against Alcorn, he was good in the first half. Had some nice big time throws. He was stretching the field. I thought the vertical offense was really effective in the first half. In the second half, it was completely cold. So how do I weigh that? I don't know. So I got one that he balled out in, Prairie View. I got four, and I'm not going to list these, but four that I just know he didn't rise to the occasion to my standards. And then I have one in which I'm on the fence. Either way you want to split it, even if you give that all-corn game to rise into the occasion, that's two to four. That's not good, and that does not suggest that he will rise to the occasion. See, I say he needs to. History says that he won't. Where do we go from here? I guess we just got to go to the next storyline, and that is, can Eric Dooley get over the Jackson State hump? It's the one of three teams, Alabama A&M, FAMU, and Jackson State. As a head coach, whether he was at Southern or Prairie View, those are the three teams that he has never beaten. Now, granted, Alabama AM and he hasn't played. So we're getting him out of here. That's okay. He faced FAMU one time this year. He lost. Okay. Technically, they belong on this list, though. Jackson State has, been played, has played Eric Dooley every single year he has been in a head coaching position in the SWAC. And every single year, they have beaten him. When he was at Prairie View, they beat him three times. They beat him earlier this year in the Boombox Classic. Eric Dooley struggles against Jackson State. Against Prairie View the first two times, it was very close. One game even went into double overtime. You know, that, that it was close games, but you lost. Year one, year two, they were on the schedule. Year three, it wasn't scheduled for these teams to match up. Dooley might have thought he had a break. However, Deion Sanders came in and he got that team right. Got them to a SWAC championship game. Eric Dooley had his team right. Got them to a SWAC championship game. And in that game, what happens again? Jackson State beats Dooley. Then you go to this year. His first year at Southern. New school, not-so-new trends. You still lose to Jackson State. And it's not as if this is a Deion Sanders thing. This losing streak predates Prime's arrival. They didn't even play in that spring season. For some reason, Jackson State just has Eric Dooley's number, whether he was coaching the Panthers or he's coaching the Jaguars. It just has not mattered. So the question becomes, can Eric Dooley get over the Jackson State hump? He hasn't before, but somebody told me, That a good offense breaks trends. That was a wise person. A good offense breaks trends. Bashan McCray is going to need to break his trend. Eric Dooley is going to need to break his trend. And if those things don't happen, Southern is not winning. And Jackson State is returning to the Celebration Bowl for the second time in a row. And they are really looking for revenge. So we'll see what it's going to be. But Bashan McCray rising to the occasion and Eric Dooley trying to get over the hump that they call Jackson State will be two things and two storylines that I'm paying very close attention to, and they kind of go together in this SWAC championship game. Going forward, we have our key to victory for each team. It's kind of similar, but it's I wanted to make it different, so I did kind of divide the two. As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked On HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. Now, the keys to victory for Jackson State, the number one key is execute your offense. The reason I say these two things are similar because they both kind of shape what type of game we're gonna have. I want both offenses or both teams to shape what type of game we're gonna have because I think one benefits one and the other style benefits the other. But let's go ahead and get into Jackson State once again execute your offense and the reason this is a key is because I've seen games where Jackson State has struggled offensively we've all seen them they weren't great against Tennessee State Um, they weren't great against Campbell like these are a couple of games where they struggled it's not often but it's happened I've actually seen it I've never seen the defense struggle the most points they've allowed in the game was 24 and in that game there was a defensive touchdown scored by Gramley so as a defense Jackson State has never allowed more than 20 points This defense has been on point every single game. So I'm not worried about them at all. And it's not that I'm worried about Jackson State's offense. But if I had to pick one to be concerned about, I guess, if you had to force me to do it, I guess, you're looking at an offensive side that I'm like, okay, make sure you take care of it. And also, if Jackson State executes, man, Southern don't want no no smoke in in a shootout. They don't. If this game goes with both teams scoring over 25 points, which would surprise me, if that happens, Jackson State is winning. I just think that they would deliver the death blow. That's that's just how I feel. I think that in a shootout, if you had to keep going point for point, first off, Jackson State has more firepower to catch up. They have the better offense to be able to score quickly. I just don't think that if you get into a shootout or if you're even in a deficit, I don't think that Southern is going to come back on the Grambling. I just don't. And that kind of takes me to my other key to victory for Southern. Or excuse me, Southern's not going to come back on Jackson State. But it takes me to my key to victory for Southern. You kind of want to make this a defensive game. Keep it low scoring. That's why they're different. Jackson State, just make sure you put up points. And if it's high scoring, it's high scoring. I doubt it, but if it's high scoring, it's high scoring. For Southern, you want to make sure it's low scoring. You want to stay away from points. And there's two ways you can do it. One on offense, one on defense. I mean, uh, yeah, one on offense, one on defense. For the offense, have long drives. We talked about third down conversions. You only converted three out of 18. You got to be better. You have to be able to extend drives. You need to be able to control the time of possession. You won that time of possession by about three minutes in the first game. Let's bump that up to five to seven. You want to really have control and take Jackson State off of the field. See, some people have beaten Jackson State in the time of possession, but they score quickly, and that doesn't really matter. If you're scoring quickly and you lose the time of possession, it's like, I'll take that. (laughs) Like, as long as I'm scoring, I'm probably losing the time of possession because my offense just isn't possessing the ball quickly. I mean, it's possessing the ball much because they're scoring so quickly. That's a good problem to have. A lot of times people aren't possessing the ball for long because they're punting. But if you're not possessing the ball for long because you're having four, five play drives in which you're scoring touchdowns or getting field goals, then now that's a different conversation. If you're Southern, you want to make sure that you are – converting on third down you want to make sure that you are running the ball you want to make sure that you are keeping the ball out of the hands of Jackson State and defensively make them drive don't allow them to have quick drives because if you're taking long times to score and then they're taking three plays and you got to get right back on the field I promise you if this sequence goes Southern 11 play touchdown drive Jackson State three play touchdown drive Southern is going to come out and have a bad offensive series I don't think they're going to be able to run it back that quickly you have to make them stay on the field, or if they're going to be having quick drives, you need to make sure they're three and outs. You need to make their, their make sure they're punts, not quick scoring drives, but just quick drives. In then offense, you just got to impose your will. It's just that simple. Make sure it's low scoring, long offensive drives, stout defense, convert on third downs. These are the things that you need to make sure that you are doing if you want to knock off Jackson State. Point blank, period. Now I want to do a couple of quick hits around the HBCU. First off, I meant to mention this last week, but FAMU has won their second straight volleyball championship. They're doing great, man. They are honestly, we haven't talked about them much, but FAMU has really done really well since coming over from the MEAC in a bunch of different sports football. They've been good basketball, men's basketball specifically. They've been good volleyball. They've been good. They've done really well. Unfortunately, can't say the same about Bethune-Cookman, specifically on the football side of it. Terry Sims has been relieved of his duties, unfortunately. I'm not going to go too deep into that, but this has just been a run, you know. It makes me wonder who's going to be the next person. And I heard a couple of whispers that maybe, maybe Hampton, maybe. Maybe people are upset about Hampton. I I hear that Dancy's job is relatively safe, you know. So, those just a couple of things that I've been hearing, a couple of whispers that I've been hearing about, whose job might be on the hot seat and whose job is pretty secure in this offseason and then lastly I want to end with something positive well I guess it depends on how you look at it but Albany State might not be looking at it too positive but I think it is because Gabe Gardenia has moved on he's left Albany State and I hate to see him leave there but he's been successful he's won a couple of SEAC championships and or he's been one of the better teams in the SEAC for a while You know, that's this part of the game. Charleston Southern came a call, and he went to Charleston Southern. Shout out to him. We wish him the best. We will be studying his progress as we continue with this show and continue watching football into next season. So good luck to you, Coach G. In the meantime, y'all know what it is. I appreciate y'all for making us your first listen of the day every day. Keep it on this app. Keep it dialed in and go check out Peter Bukowski on Locked On Sports today. He has the best questions to get the best answers about the national stories from the local experts wherever you get your podcast. In the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care. Stay blessed. Peace.